KRCL, Salt Lake City. Support for Radioactive on KRCL comes from our sustaining members and Mark Miller Subaru. Welcome to Radioactive, a show for grassroots activists, community builders, punk rock farmers, and DIY creatives. I'm Laura Jones. On tonight's show, diving into that intersection where music meets activism with Zach Frankel, executive director of the Utah Rivers Council. Founded in 1994, the nonprofit works to protect Utah's rivers and the ecosystems and communities they support. Earlier this month, they released a report with other nonprofit partners on how archaic engineering inside Glen Canyon Dam is creating a serious water supply crisis for the entire Colorado River Basin. And despite lawmakers finally getting interested in the Great Salt Lake enough to spend some money on yet again some more studies of the situation, the URC said 2022 was not the year of water at the Utah legislature. We're going to find out why with Zach. We're going to weave in some songs from his personal playlist that keeps him going when he's getting up to good trouble on behalf of the Utah Rivers Council. Also, we're going to be talking about, oh, you know, gerrymandering and the latest in the lawsuit between League of Women Voters of Utah, Mormon Women for Ethical Government, and the Utah State Legislature. There was an interesting court ruling this week, I think today, and tomorrow the hearing will go ahead. In 3rd District Court, we'll get an update from two folks working on the issue. First, a few rallies and resources. Okay, if you go to krcl.org and click on the Community Affairs tab, you will find the Rallies and Resources page where we put a lot of the event-based stuff. There's also the Resources page where we put things, oh, like uh, how you can get rental assistance or housing assistance or food pantries. It's a great place for you to get help, but also to learn where you can give help and volunteer. So let's see, got a couple of items I made notes on for you. Spice Kitchen, which is a program of the IRC in SLC, the International Rescue Committee. They work with folks starting food-based businesses who have been resettled here as refugees. And they have a festival coming up. I've just added it to the top of the rallies and resources list where I've tried to group all the festivals that are happening. And they want you to save the date for September 17th. It's the Discover Food Festival presented by Cremonelli Fine Meats. 11 to 7, you can enjoy the talents and traditions of over a dozen Spice Kitchen entrepreneurs, along with cooking demonstrations throughout the day. The event also includes libations and live entertainment. More details as the date gets closer. And also, they need volunteers for their general Spice to Go program. So they have this community kitchen where the entrepreneurs are able to create their food. And every week you can order up from a different chef. They need help uh, managing that food from the kitchen to the curb. So we'll put a link in the show notes as well for you to consider being a volunteer with Spice to Go. Tomorrow, Salt Lake City Mayor Aaron Mendenhall and the City Council will introduce the new Salt Lake City Park Rangers program at the International Peace Garden, specifically in the Brazil Garden. At 11 a.m., the Park Ranger mission to provide educational services and promote a safe and welcoming environment in the city's parks, trails, and natural areas. So you'll start seeing park rangers popping up at the city parks. Okay, I wanted to get to our special guests for uh, the anti-gerrymandering lawsuit. Joining us via Zoom, we have Katie. Katie Wright from Better Boundaries. Hey, Katie, how you doing? 
I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining remotely. And in the studio with me, Stephanie Condi from Mormon Women for Ethical Government, but also a named plaintiff in this lawsuit. Hi, Stephanie. How you doing? Hi, Laura. I'm great. Happy to be here. Thanks for coming in. So, Katie, remind us, this all started with a proposition that went to the people and they passed it. But then lawmakers do actually have that right, that recourse to to uh, do what they'd like with it. And thus the lawsuit resulted, right? Absolutely. So the lawsuit um, brings against the unconstitutional partisan gerrymandering of our congressional maps, but also the unconstitutional repeal of Prop 4 that was passed by voters in a citizen initiative. And tomorrow we will go to court um, for our first hearing. Well, and in fact, it was your uh, email advisory that alerted me to the situation. So tomorrow is this court hearing and people can watch it remotely? Yes, it's a fully remote. It's the third district court with Judge Gibson, and um, you can find a link on their website. Great. We'll include that in tonight's show notes. I've also already posted it in rallies and resources at krcl.org. So based on today's decision and recent rulings in other states, you say you're optimistic the judge will deny the legislature's motion to dismiss and the case will move forward. So you're hopeful, Katie. Of course. And what we've seen is that the legislature has, instead of, um, you know, working and having this, giving Utahns their day in court, they've um, relied on delay tactics, a motion to dismiss, a motion to stay, which gratefully was denied yesterday. And um, we have really thought from the beginning that Utahns have made their voice clear that they would like independent redistricting in the state of Utah, and so they deserve a day in court, and tomorrow they will have it. So Stephanie Condi with Mormon with Women for Ethical Government and a named plaintiff, how are you feeling about tomorrow? I'm, I'm feeling hopeful and optimistic. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not a lawyer, and I obviously don't know what's going to happen in tomorrow's hearing, but I'm excited that the judge is giving us our day in court. How are you feeling about this process playing out so far, Stephanie, as a plaintiff? It's been really fascinating to be involved in kind of the democratic process, really at the ground level. And um, I got involved in the lawsuit through my affiliation with MWEG, Mormon Women for Ethical Government, which is a nonprofit, nonpartisan organization that does advocacy work on issues that are foundational to our democracy, like the rule of law and transparency and accountability in government. And so gerrymandering falls, I think, squarely within those, um, you know, the parameters of our work. Um, But this is also an issue that I really have strong feelings about personally. And I, you know, I wrote about that in an op-ed that was published in the Salt Lake Tribune back in March. So I'm not gonna rehash all of that, but I just have felt really strongly that I don't want to live in a one-party state. And Utah is super red. (laughs) Do you feel that uh, an independent, uh, a fully empowered independent redistricting commission can get us to more competitive races? I do. I do. And I believe very strongly in the principle that voters should choose their politicians and not the other way around. Uh, any blowback that MWEG has been feeling as it, you, you stay at this nonpartisan level, but you get into very polarized issues, at least as far as the court of a public opinion goes. So uh, how has the response been to MWEG being a plaintiff in, or you individually a plaintiff in this case? Um, well, I can I will speak for myself. Um, I have gotten a lot of support um, since I 
got involved in the lawsuit and you know put my name on it and and I'll tell you it it was a little bit of a weird experience for me. My role in MWEG is that I serve on the board of directors. And on the board, we're not the ones who are on the front lines doing the advocacy work, right? You're not out there as a name or a face. We have a fabulous team of mostly volunteers um, who are out there doing that work. And on the board, you know, we're reviewing the budgets and we're, you know, we're doing the, the governance work for the organization. And so it was a little bit weird for me to put my name on this lawsuit and realize that, yeah, this is what it feels like to put yourself out there. You're, you know, you do feel a little bit vulnerable. Um, but I've gotten a lot of support from my friends and, and coworkers and, and just people that I know. And I think people generally recognize that what the legislature has done is is not the way things um, should be done in, in a democracy. You think folks are seeing that this is a local issue about what's happening here and can separate it from perhaps a more polarized national political scene? Well, I, for me, it's all about the process, right? And um, what happens when we, as citizens, don't pay close enough attention to the process is that more extreme voices tend to take control of the process. And we, the, the process becomes, the whole political system becomes overly ideological. Yeah. It can get scarier, though, then, for individuals to step out and put their face and their name to an issue. But it sounds like it's been okay. It, so far, it, it's been a very positive experience. And, and um, you know, I, as I said, I'm very hopeful and optimistic that we're going to you know, make some progress. And I can't wait to see what happens in the hearing tomorrow. So the hearing is tomorrow, Katie, at 10 a.m. Mountain Time online. And I wanted to ask you a bit about, uh, in the same way I was, I was talking here with Stephanie, about people putting their names and their faces out there in these polarized times. You, you, groups like Better Boundaries, like the League of Women Voters of Utah, like MWEG, need that participation, that volunteerism, where folks are willing to share and put their name and their face out there. How has Better Boundaries been dealing with that personally? Well, well, Better Boundaries is financially supporting the lawsuit, and we have been incredibly grateful for Utahans from all across the state who have made donations of all sorts of sizes, from quite small to very large, whatever is within their means, to make this case possible. And it just demonstrates that this issue isn't a red or blue issue. It's about voters being able to hold elected officials accountable. It's about the issues that they care about also being reflected in the politicians that represent them. And we hear all the time from people of all political persuasions that they're fed up with unchecked power and that they think that government should be accountable to the people just as our constitution says. So we're happy that our movement is powered by people by everyday Utahans, and it has been from the beginning, and it and we're incredibly grateful to everyone who steps in. Well, Katie, how can folks get in touch with Better Boundaries and uh, perhaps get on your mailing list? Yes, so our website is betterboundaries.org, and you can find all the information you need there and reach out to me personally. I love to hear from folks, and we're on Twitter and Facebook as well. Thank you, Katie. Thank you so much. And also, Stephanie Condi for Mormon Women for Ethical Government. Uh, how can folks get involved, reach out, get in touch, get on your mailing list? Yeah, you can go to mweg.org. And um, there actually is a page on our website 
where you can make a donation to the um, our, our legal fund specifically to support this lawsuit. Thanks so much for coming down and stepping up, putting your face and your name out there on this issue. Thanks, Laura. It was great to be here. When we come back, we're going to be talking Music Meets Activism with Zach Frankel from the Utah Rivers Council. And to get us from here to there, um, since we're talking courts and lawyers, little Warren Zevon on KRCL 90.9, lawyers, guns, and money. The Utah Division of Services for People with Disabilities helps people with disabilities live their best, most independent life by providing services, such as employment and independent living in their communities. Learn more at dspd.utah.gov. Support for KRCL comes from Mark Miller Subaru and the Subaru Love Promise, a partnership with local nonprofit organizations to support and strengthen our community. Now accepting applications for 2023 nonprofit partnerships. More information on Mark Miller Subaru's Love Promise and application process at markmillersubaru.com. Welcome back to Radioactive on KRCL. I'm Laura Jones. Coming up at 7 o'clock, Democracy Now! with Amy Goodman. Connor's Late Night Lowdown at 8. Super Sounds with Chovy at 10.30. And John Florence starting off your brand new day at 6 a.m. You can catch the last two weeks of any show on KRCL on our website. Click the Programmings tab, Programs tab, and you can listen on demand. Joining me now, Zach Frankel from the Utah Rivers Council. How you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, Laura. I'm so glad you're here for a round of Music Meets Activism. I've been asking folks to come in with their own playlist and tie it to their work or their frustrations with work or their inspiration to keep going with what they do. And you got it right away. You've got a very specific playlist coming up, so stick around, folks. We're going to get into it. But let's do a little bit of a 101 with the Utah Rivers Council, founded in 1994, I believe. Wasn't Ted Wilson involved, former Salt Lake City mayor? Yeah, Ted was involved uh, around 2006. Yep. Yeah, okay. for a couple of years there. So uh, has the mission changed? Talk a bit about its origins and where you are now. You know, the Utah Rivers Council really hasn't, we haven't, well, we've changed our mission statement, but our focus has always been on advocacy, always uh, working hard to focus on adding the voice that is left out of the water dialogue in Utah because there is a very narrow conversation happening inside Utah, it's even today, about water. There's a lot of propaganda. There's a lot of posturing. There's a lot of pretending. And we've always felt like it's our job to provide a voice to be a little bit critical of um, what we're failing to do in Utah, which is save water and protect our rivers. You have been at this so long, the Utah Rivers Council, but you in particular, how long have you been there? I, I started at 94. There you go. See, from the beginning. And people see you coming and they're like, oh man, here comes Zach. He's going to talk about water and how much we pay. Because you have um, held them to account on their accounting of water. In fact, tomorrow night we're going to have Sage Miller from KUER come in for her story that ran on our you know, fellow public radio station just uh, yesterday, I believe it was, saying Utah doesn't really know what it has or has out there or how they count it. How can you even start to conserve when you don't know what the rights are and how that adds up? You know, that's absolutely right. We, we, uh, we unveiled, we pushed for a legislative audit that found that the agency, the Utah Division of Water Resources under the governor's branch or the executive branch, was essentially manufacturing data with the point being to scare people into thinking we're running out of water in our cities, which is something they're still working on doing, is misinforming and running a propaganda campaign to convince us 
that we are running out of water in our cities. And it's ironic for two reasons. Number one, we are the highest per person municipal water user in the country. It's been that way for decades because we have the least expensive water rates in the U.S. So we use more because it costs us less. Because we collect property taxes and income taxes and sales taxes. So we're supposed to be conservative. We're supposed to be Republican. I mean, that's what, you know, we're all told is Utahns love the Republican fiscal conservatism business. And yet we collect all these taxes to lower the price of water. And it's cheaper than anywhere else in the United States. And we have the highest per person water use. And all these politicians, pretend in front of the cameras like oh we're working so hard on this scratching their heads going gosh what are we gonna do yeah and it's so clear that what's really happening is they that the water lobby in the utah state house which we have been battling since our inception has been working to keep these taxes in place to encourage use you know when we save water what we do is we reduce water sales and it creates problems for water sellers. Well, wasn't there someone in the Salt Lake County or the Salt Lake Valley recently who's like, if we conserve too much, then we're not paying for the water we've already contracted for. So there's a lot of pros and cons and push and pull to conservation and cost. Yes, and so there has been an elaborate propaganda campaign to avoid that, to focus on things that, you know, social media streams by water agencies, especially the Water Conservancy Districts, and pretending to rip out all this grass when they really only rip out two acres in Washington County, and they say, but they convert it into square footage. So it sounds like a lot, 100,000 square feet. <laughs> so it's safe feet. to say you feel that they're playing with the numbers. They're playing games. I mean, they said they came out and they got all this free media attention about how much grass they removed it was oh my heavens oh more than a hundred thousand square feet and when you calculate the the conversion yeah it's two acres they literally got In all Was- this all of washington all county. of washington county and they got all of this free media agent attention because nobody stopped to go well let's convert that into acreage what's the context and so the point is to pretend like we're saving water without substantially saving water. And the reason why, of course, is because they're proposing $6 billion in new water projects, primarily with just with two dinosaur stupid and ridiculous projects, which, of course, are proposed Bear River Development and the Lake Powell Pipeline. Bear River Development would divert the largest water source to the Great Salt Lake. They want to divert almost... Uh, half of the water of the Bear River before it enters the Great Salt Lake. To still, they're still, still on this, despite still. you can you can look out there and see the smaller lake. Yes, and there, in fact, um, we pay $50 million a year uh-huh. to a construction fund to save up for this project, wow. Bear River Development. And that construction fund is also for the Lake Powell Pipeline because of this fantasy that the same agency, the Utah Division of Water Resources and the fantasy by the governor and the Republican leadership and the Senate and the House, that they keep pretending like we have this surplus of Colorado River water in the face of the lowest water levels in Lake Powell and Lake Mead downstream that have ever been witnessed in history. Well, this gets us to the first song in your Music Meets Activism playlist, and I know you're excited to play DJ, so why don't you set this up? So this is a wonderful song from a blues traveler band that's been around for a couple decades now. This is Whoops from the 1993 Save His Soul album, and the lyrics are by John Popper, who you'll hear is on the harmonica and the lead singer. And the reason I love this song, the, the lyrics are wonderful, and they really encapsulate the absurdity of our quest 
to just keep destroying our natural world, just keep destroying the thing that we, that we need, this planet itself, and pretending like we're not doing it. Blues Traveler, whoops. Music meets activism from Zach Frankel of Utah Rivers Council on KRCL. You know, this is the best song with whoops in the title, right? Because I was thinking another one when you sent me over. I'm like, oh, thank heavens you said Blues Traveler, not Britney. <laughs> right, Zach? <laughs> you know, I looked at some of the other inspiring songs, but uh, I wanted to pick songs I knew. There you go. And Blues Traveler playing in California in September in Oregon as well. I haven't seen them in a while. I'd love to have them. Maybe they came this summer and I missed them. Anyway, music meets activism on Radioactive here tonight. Plugging into your community with Zach Frankel of Utah Rivers Council. Been around since 1994. Zach started that group. And they are, you know, lawmakers see you coming and they're like, oh, here he comes again. He's going to talk about water and how we pay for it. And uh, is part of this Great Salt Lake Collaborative um, where a ton of news outlets and community partners trying to shine a light on it. And it started, you know, suddenly started seeing lawmakers taking flyovers of the Great Salt Lake and let's throw some money at this. One of the things you said, though, as an organization is that 2022 was not the year of water at the Utah legislature. Governor got a bunch of money for the Great Salt Lake. Too little, too late. Another study. Is that what's happening? Romney wants to do the same thing? Yeah. Asking for a $10 million study about how to protect the Great Salt Lake, especially giving it to the federal agency they gave it to. It's like uh, paying the Red Cross to figure out how to stop wars. It's just not it's just not the entity that is going to institute peace, not because the Red Cross doesn't want to institute peace, because the Red Cross doesn't have any control over arms dealers or arms control policy. So it is Congress and the Mm -hmm. Utah legislature that can take action to protect the Great Salt Lake. And instead of the Speaker of the House taking a meeting with us on our bill that we unveiled to protect the Great Salt Lake last session, he refuses to um, meet with us he's afraid to talk to us and he keeps dodging and what do you think that fear is is it because your data is irrefutable whereas they've been playing with data well you know the the 2022 legislative session was the year of water propaganda and this is the ensuing campaign to convince us that oh so much has happened and unfortunately some utahns have been fooled um, some of the working media have been fooled into writing these stories that, mm. and producing these stories that, oh, we, you know, all these things have been done. We haven't really addressed the core issues to protect the Great Salt Lake. We're still using too much water. Um, we are diverting the tributaries of the Great Salt Lake, and we're pumping them into the ground. Well, and then I also feel like we get distracted between city slickers and country cousins, right? Oh, it's all the farmers using all the water. Oh, it's all the cities with all the green grass. Yes, and really, it's bigger than that right now. The finger pointing between these two classes is a really good way to keep the public from really paying attention to the fact that there is surplus water right here at our feet in the Salt Lake Valley and the Wasatch Front, for that matter, in these canals that are diverting water to go into the ground that are unlined dirt canals that have been here for 100 years while we flood irrigate grass. And we're taught that by the propaganda artists that, oh, we, you know, all these bills passed to deal with it, but that's not really true. What happened is they passed a secondary metering bill to measure how much water we use in these systems. It's kind of like saying putting gas gauges on Hummers is fuel efficiency. 
And <laughs> that makes sense. Okay, I got it now. And and then, but the deadline to install those meters is eight years from now. And yes. oh my gosh, we've done so much amazing <laughs> things. Why, why don't we pay for a $10 million study to figure mm. out how we can do things that are more serious? But we're not going to talk to any of the people like myself who've been working in this for decades. I mean, just the last piece to beat this dead horse we keep hearing about these media tours for legislators and legislators only where the public is not invited while the utah legislature refuses to let the public come present water conservation alternatives alternatives to protect the great salt lake they don't want to let us speak they don't want to hear us telling them what to do and instead they're playing this game that a lot of unfortunately reporters and, and just a general public fall for that, oh, they really want to do it because they talked about migratory birds or they lifted things from... They said some nice thing. Yeah, and it's easy to be fooled. And it's it's yeah. tough to see happen when we know in for fact that we're all paying $50 million into a fund to divert the most important asset to the Great Salt Lake. <laughs> it's water via Bear River development. Well, this also comes back to our sense of place and our sense of ownership as a as a collective right yeah um and you've got a song that speaks to this yeah so this next song is a wonderful song that um i bet a lot of your listeners have heard it's called paradise it was written by john prine and this song is such a really important story and it tells really it's the, the thing that's really interesting about this song is it's such an american song that resonates with us as americans what what we think about when we hear the word America, you know, we think about, at least if you're me, you think about authority, you think about government, you might think about a place. But what we don't really think about is that we're a country of activists. Mm. All of our American history is based on a series of activists, most notably the abolitionists who were really very, they spent hundred years working to abolish slavery. I mean, it's really remarkable when you study them and you look at how long just to abolish slavery, not even to, to be treated well uh, for African Americans, but just to abolish slavery was such a long fight for activists. And we as Americans, we are activists. So Paradise is a little song that um, we like to play. This is the Johnny Cash version. This is a wonderful version that talks about what America is about. And, and, and I, before I shut up and play this song, the, the thing to know about this song is that it has been covered by, by John Denver and Jim and Jesse, the Everly Brothers, Seldom Seen, uh, Tim Flannery, Jimmy Buffett, Dwight Yoakam, John Fogarty. The, this song has been covered so many times because it's so resonant to what it means to be an American. Here we go, Paradise Johnny Cash on KRCL. About to have radio karaoke here with Zach Frankel and the Dixie Chicks, Wide Open Spaces. Why is this on your Music Meets Activism playlist? You know, this is such a wonderful song. I mean, it's a beautiful song, and I, I absolutely love it, first of all. But what, you know what, this song really, this song is really important because I think that we get often very cerebral in the environmental movement. We think, these are all the facts, this is all the data, this is what this song really tells the story about is how important these places are to us how resonant they are when we go and we visit them and we see them and and they really take care of us i mean there's so much 
restorative health from just visiting these mm. wide open spaces, from visiting these free flowing rivers, from visiting these wilderness places, these wilderness areas. They heal us. They make us feel better. And the reason I wanted to play this song, there's sort of a progression in this order. What what I'm really hoping that people will do who are listening is to get inspired to get more active with the conservation movement inside Utah. It doesn't matter what your group is. It doesn't matter who your favorite is. How can people get involved in Utah Rivers Council? They, they can visit our website at utahrivers.org. They can learn about what we are concerned about, and they can start contacting their legislators. Call me or email us off of our website. All of our contact info is there. We will help you prepare for that conversation. And it is so easy and empowering. Well, I'm guessing that's why you started Utah Rivers Council in 1994. Utah Rivers Council. <laughs> you you were concerned and you're like, let's do this. Let's make this official, right? Yeah. I've worked for another group in Idaho um, before and I worked for SUA before. And I just looked around the country and I said, you know, Utah needs a local water-based group to work on advocacy and I knew it would work because I have a lot of faith in people. Well you can take that outrage and turn it into something productive right? That's right and the thing that people I think if you're listening to this the thing you need to understand is it's not it's not why you should do it it's the benefit you get from doing it. When we get people up there and they start talking to their legislators and their legislators respond and are actually most of the time quite polite and thankful for the opportunity to get educated, mm -hmm. then it's empowering, it's fun, it feels good, and people come away. They, they literally come up to me at the state house and they say, "Can I come back?" Like it's like it's up to me, and it's like, "Of course you can come back. Yeah. Please come back. Please come back." Because what we need are more voices. What we need are more people to be courageous. Let's get to the next song on your Music Meets Activism playlist. It's from Ben Harper. Set this up. Tell us what it is. So this is a great song. It's called Excuse Me, Mister. And what I love about this song is it's what you should say when you go talk to legislators. It's really encapsulated. I mean, he's respectful. He says, mister. I mean, it's a little bit derogatory, as you can hear from the lyrics. <laughs> he's not using that in a positive way. <laughs> but look, what we need to do, it, it makes us angry to hear about what's happening, about the places we love, especially in Utah. But what we need to do is go have that conversation. We need to get to the policymaking table. As your earlier guest said, if we are not at the table, then the extreme voices will be all alone to guide the policy that comes out of that body. So just show up and your your involvement. You don't have to be an expert. Just be yourself and go have the conversation. Excuse me, mister. It's Ben Harper on KRCL. Radioactive music meets activism with Ben Frank, <laughs> Zach Frankel, Ben Harper, Utah Rivers Council. This is Why We Fight from the Decemberists, another song on the Music Meets Activism playlist of my guest this evening, Zach Frankel of Utah Rivers Council. Why this song? Well, so this is like a little secret, okay? This is like a little trick. So, you know, I know some of you are hearing this and going, I'm never going up to the Utah legislature. I hate those pla <laughs> I hate that place. I hate those people, blah, blah, blah. Uh, believe me, there are some nice people, but it does take some courage. Okay, so what you do when you get in the car to go up there uh -huh. is you play your favorite fight loud, song, blasting song. <laughs> it doesn't have to be a fight song, but it has to be loud, yes. rocking, uh -huh. to fire you up. Fire yeah. yourself up and play that music yeah. and 
keep playing it until you park your car. Yeah. Because it works. And it gets you out of the car and into the state house. You've been doing this since 1994. It's a, a long game. I, I see a lot of folks who maybe have um, gotten engaged, civically engaged, uh, since 2016, shall we say. And it's hard to go the distance because you want that change now. So what's your advice for folks? Like, you got the fight song, but you're not going to win every battle. Four words. Mm-hmm. En- endless pressure, endlessly applied. Yeah. You know, there's so many wonderful Americans to take inspiration from. Mm-hmm. Uh, Martin Luther King he persevered and persevered and persevered. There are so many Americans that have set out to save something or yeah. do something or make something happen and you just have to persevere. Yeah. It's not a button you press, there's no magic lever, just stay in the game. A great quote I saw this week, Wendell Berry, yeah, to damage the earth is to damage your children. How does that relate to the conversation about water, the Colorado, the Great Salt Lake? You know, we are thinking about the environment, quote unquote, like it's this other thing, like it's not a part of us, like it's not what our economy and our lives and our, our whole spiritual existence depends on. We we're, we really love nature. And again, these songs resonate with people, especially Paradise has been covered so many times. The Johnny Cash song we the played earlier. Johnny Cash You can song. check his whole list in the show notes, folks. You know, what I think people get is lonely. They think they're the only ones who mm-hmm. feel this emotional attachment to nature and they feel like they're in it on, their, on themselves. By themselves it's not the case i can't tell you when you step into the fight you will find your friends have been waiting for you there you just haven't met them yet so folks can get involved with the utah rivers council you do a lot of citizen training i feel like we do a lot of citizen advocacy and a lot of legislative training it's what we love to do and it's empowering people and we love to be a part of it what are you preparing for the next session starts in january it's not that far away you know i'm not ready to talk about <laughs> the legislative work we're working on but we are working on things that we're keeping quiet for the moment okay so so Zach Frankel, Utah Rivers Council, has been here this hour talking about music meets activism, sharing the songs that reflect upon the work that the group does, the nonprofit does, but also inspires him. So ho- hopefully, folks, you take some inspiration from this. And we're going to play one more song, but I wanted to give you one last opportunity to talk about Utah Rivers Council and how folks can get engaged. So, you know, again, visit our website. It's just utahrivers.org. We have uh, a bunch of science and a bunch of really wonderful research on there that we'd love people to check out. You can watch our videos, our press conferences of our work, some of the legislation that we've unveiled um, in the last year are on our press conferences. And if you click on productions, um, we have a couple of job openings that we're looking to hire for. Oh, right yeah. Who now. are you looking for? Um, we're looking for a program manager. Or we're looking for an advocate, someone who is willing to have these conversations with decision makers. And uh, we're looking for folks that can keep their cool and be nice um, while simultaneously, you know, being steadfast. And, you know, what we're looking for are people that are like water people that will persevere and keep flowing downstream no matter what happens well that takes us to the last song on your music meets activism playlist what is it so this is a bella fleck tune one of my absolute favorite musicians one of my favorite bands bella fleck and the fleck tones this is a song called slipstream off of his album drive i'm a huge bluegrass fan i love it i love when bluegrass and jazz would you like to put in a request for a bluegrass express t-shirt for the next i (laughs) i I went into the t-shirt room and i was expecting to be pulling a bluegrass express t-shirt and i and i have to throw the gauntlet down 
to Uncle Seuss, like, dude, what's up? Where's, Where's your the shirt? Bluegrass Express t-shirt? We'll I mean, pass it on. I'm a multi-decade listener of the show, so... <laughs> This is a song that you would hear on that show. This is a song that I discovered from that show, one of many, many wonderful songs of bluegrass that's played that's just so light. And the reason I picked this song, not just because it's one of my favorites and I'll play it a million times, but also because you know what's fun is when you go to the state house and you win, and you can win. I've won up there a bunch, and not me personally, but our organization and the coalitions we build up there We've, we win all the time, believe it or not. Not, not. Maybe not all the time, but we win enough to keep us going. And when you win, you have to celebrate. And I love this song because it kind of feels that way. Well, Zach Frankel, Utah's Council, thanks for all the work you do in the community. Keep doing it, man. Okay? Thank you. Thank you for having me here. Absolutely. It was a ball. <laughs> Check the show notes tonight to connect with Zach and the Utah Rivers Council. And thank you also to my other guests this hour from Mormon Women for Ethical Government and Better Boundaries. You'll find details about those groups and their fights in the community for progress in tonight's show notes. I'm Laura Jones. Thanks for listening. Thanks for plugging into your community tonight. Here is Bela Fleck, Slipstream Music Meets Activism on KRCL. <laughs>